Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Today is the end, and I think it's the, I saved what I think is kind of the most critical or the best for last, and no pun intended, because we're going to talk about criticism today. Anybody, uh, anybody have anybody in around you in your life that's a little critical? Don't look at them or point at them. Just asking you if you do, right? Um, do we not all have critics? Yeah, like, like criticism is a normal part of what happens in life. And so as we finish up this series called Those People, because we've been trying to deal with, and here's what I want you to hear. The heart of it is this. So our job is to, to love people and to be ambassadors of Christ to this world. That's what we're supposed to do, right? But how many of us know when we deal with people, sometimes people stink, Right? Like the, the way the reaction that you get back and the way people talk to each other and the way we treat each other. So what we've been trying to do in going through the series is we've been trying to work on how do we deal with those people? How, how do we deal with those struggles? And today specifically, like I said, we're going to talk about criticism, right? Uh, anybody been criticized lately? Yeah, I live in the world of criticism. Like you would not believe how many people comment. People have all kinds of comments uh, about all kinds of things. And that's what happens when you live your life standing up here on stage once a week, right? Um, everything is, is, is about what? So I want to read you a story out of the book of Numbers. Chapter 12, if you want to follow along with your Bible, that's one criticism sometimes people have is like, well, how don't we, why don't we do the Bible more often? Well, bring your Bible and open your Bible then. You know, I, I mean, in all reality, like the reason we put it on the paper there is for people who are coming here and don't have a Bible or don't know how to work their Bible. So they really appreciate that it's right there on the page for them, right? So whether you're on the page, the screen, or you are holy and brought your Bible today, open up to Numbers 12, verse 1. Listen to this. Here's the story. Miriam and Aaron. Okay, so let me set this up for those of you who may not know the story. There's this dude named Moses. Right? Moses is a guy that actually God has called to go and release the people who are in slavery in Egypt. So Moses is gone and he's having to stand before the Pharaoh and be the presenter of God. Imagine being a guy that like God told to go over to some, you know, to, to China and go stand before the leaders and go, you need to let these people have freedom. 
Like that was the role of Moses. Like just putting that in perspective, right? And what's interesting is, is of course he's going to get criticism from them. But what we read in this story is he gets criticism from his own family. How many of you know some of your worst criticism comes from within the household? You know what I'm talking about. Anybody or is it just me? Yeah, it's Thanksgiving meal, right? You wore that or whatever, you know. So listen to this story about his own family. Miriam, Aaron, his brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. Moses, you don't, oh, this is a good one. You ready? This is a racial issue. His Cushite wife, you know what? She's probably a different color. She wasn't of their people, right? Um, wonder if we ever have any issues with, with racism in our country. I don't know. Um, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Terrible. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? Ooh, getting a little religious, critical spirit. You know, looking at somebody who's leading something and we think we can lead it better. Got quiet up in here. All right. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses, they asked? Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Uh-oh. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, here comes God getting involved, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So God calls them out. There's this thing called the tent of meeting, all right? And it was where God's presence was physically represented. So there was this, there was this cloud that physically represent, and so they knew that God was present in that place, right? It was a physical representation. He says, come, come on out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down a, in a pillar of cloud, and he stood at the entrance of the tent, and he summoned Aaron and Miriam. Can you imagine that moment? Uh-oh. Not going to be good, right? When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Hey guys, this is how I normally do this. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face. Clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? What say you? Right? The anger of the Lord burned against him and he left them. He left them. He, he, he pulled away. Can I just say this to you? Criticism revokes the presence of God. In a lot of ways. You might want to pull that one together and think that one through just a little bit. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned toward her and saw that she had a defiling skin disease. And he said to Moses, please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming out from its mother's womb with the flesh have eaten away. Come on, that's a moment for a brother. Anybody got a brother or sister ever drive you crazy? That's a moment right there. Like, what? I got God. What? Right? And he doesn't. He humbles himself. He, do, he doesn't. He, listen, he doesn't. He, listen. Moses cries out to the Lord. Please, God, heal her. The Lord replies to Moses. If her father had spit in her face, would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. 
Everything has consequences and should have consequences. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days. And the people did not move on until she was brought back. Why leprosy? Why leprosy? You know why? Because criticism is infectious. Right? You can have an amazing moment going on with a group of people. And everybody's like, what's up? You've been with that? And that one person walks in. Oh my God, it's terrible outside. It's hot. It's cold. Right? And then there's one other person goes, I know. Oh my gosh. I was thinking, like criticism is infectious. This is, this is an issue that every single one of us in here, we, we deal with it coming at us and it also coming out of us at the same time, right? And so I'm going to ask you today, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you some searching questions to help you decide where you are in dealing with criticism. Question number one, do you expect to live life without criticism? Stop. Don't just go, well, of course not. Because here's what I would say to you, then why do you freak out when it happens? See, the reality is a lot of us live like we expect there to be no criticism in life, right? Say this, I am, let's try it again. Say, I am going to be criticized. One more time, I am going to be criticized. Look at your neighbor and say, you are going to be criticized. All right, I did not just give you permission, wives, to go at it, right? No, no, that's not what I mean. But the reality is, listen, I really think that there's something inside of us that thinks eventually we're going to get to a place where we're going to arrive in this world and there's not going to be any conflict. Like, like some of us are still holding on to that, that, that perfect utopia. Many of us are, especially if we had a really dysfunctional past, we're trying to create Camelot. We're trying to create the perfect scenario and we're driving everyone around us crazy doing it. And and, and the reality is is you're going to, listen to me, Jesus was criticized. Are we better than him? No, Jesus was criticized. I I bet you may not know this. Billy Graham was criticized by Ronald Reagan. Did you know that? Billy Graham was criticized by Ronald Reagan for what we would call today Russian collusion. Did you know that? He actually criticized him that he was being used or had some connection to. Billy Graham was, was crazy back in the day. He like, you know, he got together with liberal pastors and he got together with people that it was like, oh, I don't know if you should do this. And he was criticized. And, and, and the, the reality is, let me say it to you this way. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing, and you'll never be criticized. You will be criticized. Do you expect to live a life without criticism? Number two, is the fear of criticism holding you back? Is the fear of criticism holding you back? Critical words get into your head, do they not? Man, critical words get in your head. Somebody can say, do you look great today? Are you doing fantastic? Man, your hair is awesome. Wow, that's a, man, Matt, Pastor Mike, that's a cool vest. Thanks, man. Right? And then they go, really, you're wearing jeans again? And what are you going to hear for the next week? Really? You wearing jeans again? Right? Criticism just, it gets into your head and it just works its way. way. And, and, And here's what happens. For many of us, criticism has become a governor in our life. Do you know what a governor does? If you put a governor on a car, it limits the speed of the car. 
It limits the ability. Many of us, because we fear criticism, we have a governor on our lives. We can't actually operate at full power because we're so worried about what everybody else thinks or what everybody else might say. I wrote this down. I had this thought. If people stop giving you constructive criticism, we're going to talk about the difference in a second because there is good criticism and bad criticism. We're going to talk about that. But listen to me. If people stop giving you criticism, they may have given up on you. Like if, if nobody's criticizing you, either you're compromising or at the moment they've given up on that scenario. So let's talk about constructive criticism because your first feeling there is never ignore the value of constructive criticism. Never ignore the value of constructive, constructive criticism. Let me back it up. Proverbs 15 and 31 says this. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Anybody want to be at home among the wise? Anybody want somebody to go, dang, that person's wise when they talk about you, right? Well, then if you listen to constructive criticism, you'll be at home. If you reject criticism, you only harm yourself. So there is a reality of, of good criticism that, that, that comes into that we need to pay attention to. I'll say it to you this way. If you learn from those you love, you may not have to be criticized by those you don't. Kids, that's for you. And I mean that. If you will learn to submit to your parents, if you will learn to uh, employer, if you will learn to submit to your boss, I know he's a jerk. He's a person. You're a jerk too. But you took the job and you agreed to the amount of pay. Right? And so the reality being there is a certain amount of criticism that we need to be. I think we need to be a little more thick-skinned. I really do. I think culturally, we have gotten to the place where we're really thin-skinned. Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I'm offended. Like that, like that might, should be our national motto right now. In the way that we deal with things, we are so easily offended. We're so easily upset with things that happen. And here's what I need, I need you to understand. We're supposed to iron sharpen iron. We talked about that last week, right? Well, guess what happens when iron sharpens iron? It's violent. It's, it's, it's not comfortable. It's, it's hot. It's, it's un, and so there is a reality of us understanding that we should have a certain amount of constructive criticism going on in our life. Listen to me. You should have relationships that you're looking for constructive criticism in your life where most of us try to put ourselves in yes men circles where we get no criticism. And it's limiting your growth. I purposefully have put some people around me that like to chew my butt. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do. I don't like this. And what about that? And sometimes they do it lousy. Sometimes the way they say it to me is like, you're a jerk. This is what's going on inside of me. But I've got to stop and go, wait a minute. Is there some truth to that? Is there some reality to that that I need to deal with inside of my life, right? So we, we got to figure out this criticism thing and how to deal with it in a healthy way. Turn your notes over. On the back there, it says dealing with unjust criticism. I did this on purpose this day. I want you to scratch through unjust. I want you to scratch through unjust. Because here's why. I, I simply want you to do that act because I want you to understand there's criticism on both sides. There's good criticism 
that's constructive, that we can deal with in a positive way. And then there is bad criticism, right? And so today, as we've done all the way through this series, I'm going to give you three prayers. Three prayers to pray as we deal with critical people or criticism in our lives. That makes sense to everybody? Prayer number one. God, help me know when to respond to criticism. In other words, this is criticism that I should give some kind of merit to it. I should respond to it. So here's the next question. I told you I was going to give you a series of questions. Here's the next question I have for you. Is there something that I can learn? Is there something that I can learn? I'll say it to you this way. Criticism does not have to be 100% true to be accurate. Criticism does not have to be 100% true to be accurate. In other words, I've had people come at me and go, blah, 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 blah. And they do it bad and they're rude and they even like name call or whatever. And when I walk away, I go, but yeah, what they were getting at was this part of my personality. So when I weed out the 98% of that interaction, 2% of that is some truth that maybe I should work on. Does that make sense? You following me? Right? That we would be mature enough to weed out the stuff because people are going to say it badly. Right? You say it badly. I say it. Come on, husband and wife. You say it badly to each other. Right? What, what is it? I don't know what it is that happens between a man's brain and his mouth. Right? <laughs> like a man looks over at his wife and he's like, whoa. That dress looks awesome that's amazing and all these thoughts are going through his head we should consummate our marriage you know like and what comes out of his mouth wow you don't sweat much for a fat girl <laughs> like what what happens between a man's brain but you understand you understand what i'm saying like like when we go to say things <laughs> what comes out of our mouth and we do this to each other come on ladies Men, we are, we say it. We, we, as soon as we say it, y'all just go, and the, and vice versa, because y'all speak pink and we speak blue. And so this pink thing comes out of your mouth and we're like, you know, like, what is it? Is there something I can learn? Listen to me. If you can't name times that you've learned from your critics, then you're missing opportunities to grow. You're missing opportunities to grow. The reality that there is, probably, if we'll look at it, if we'll get past our emotions and not react to it, there might be some little nugget that we can pull out of most pieces of criticism that I can be honest with myself. Right? I have a friend of mine that kind of addressed something with me recently. And it was the exact same thing. He kind of came at me and it was... Maybe not the right situation and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I took a little piece of it out and went, okay, I got that. That little piece of truth, I'm going to adjust that in what I do and what I say. Right? And, And so the reality being that you need a certain amount of criticism. And so we need to pray and say, God, give me wisdom. When, how to respond to criticism and, and to look at the type of criticism that I need to respond. One more, one more question under that prayer. Is there something that I need to explain? And what I mean is oftentimes somebody will come at us with a criticism, but they only have half the story. Right? I can't tell you how many times in my life I've put my foot in my mouth. 
because I've gone and said, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. And you did this. And then the person goes, well, yeah, but my dad died. So I had to go and do, you ever have that? Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. And you pull your foot out of your mouth and you go, oh. And so maybe there's something that has to be explained in the situation. Church, we need to grow up a little bit. Mike needs to grow up a little bit. All of us need to grow up a little bit from the standpoint of criticism is going to come. People are going to say it wrong. When do we use the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us to sort through the stuff, to take what's truth and to respond to that person in a healthy way? Amen? Right? Prayer number two. Prayer number two. God, help me to know when to dismiss invalid criticism. Help me to know when to dismiss invalid criticism. Here's the next question I have for you under that one. Is there an area where I am oversensitive? Everybody in here, if you'll admit it and be honest, has an area where you're a little oversensitive. Has a particular button. And man, when that button gets pushed, kaboom. Right? Where is it that I'm maybe a little oversensitive? Let me give you a good measuring stick of that. Where is it that you immediately counterattack? Where is it that when somebody says that, you comes out of you, right? And that reality being of, of, of maybe I'm a little oversensitive inside of this and I've got to learn. Listen, listen to this. First Peter 2 and 23, our, our greatest example is who? Jesus. Thank you. Two of you. Fantastic. First Peter 2 and 23. When they hurled their insults at him, that's Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's the example Jesus gives us. When somebody comes at us and hurls threats, we don't go back at them. When somebody insults us, we don't respond in, in like kind. Instead, what do we do? What did Jesus do? He entrusted himself to the one who just justly. Listen to me. God will sort it out. God will sort it out. God will sort out every issue for those. It says for those that love him, all things work for good, right? Right? When we give him our all and we say, God, I give you my life and I'm going to serve you as best as I know how. Guess what? He's got your back. He's going to take care of it. You may not see it today. That's usually our problem is we want it taken care of today. Right? Like when somebody wrongs me, I want them to hurt. And I want them to hurt right now. That's, that's, anybody else sick like me? And sometimes, thank you for raising both hands, Reggie, appreciate that, right? Like, 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 like sometimes somebody says something to me or whatever, and I'm just like, in my head, I'm going through what somebody should say to them, what somebody should do to them. And I mean, we get some really jacked up stuff inside of us. And that's, that's the spirit of the enemy. That's not the Holy Spirit working inside of us. We have to rebuke that and say, no, Jesus was, was humble. And Moses, Moses, he didn't look at his brother and sister and say, God told y'all, right? No. Like, that's what I would have done. Come on to your brother or sister, <laughs> right? 
No, that Jesus would stand there. And, man, I got to read that again. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So here's the next question I would ask you based on that. What is God going to say about this? In other words, when you're in a situation and somebody's hurling some kind of criticism at you or you're feeling offended or assaulted in some way, to stop and say, I wonder what God thinks about this. I wonder what God thinks in this scenario. Because in that situation, we can actually stop and say, God, is there any truth in this? Is there anything inside of me that needs to be weighed and measured here through all the other stuff? Or we can look at it and go, no, this is unjust. This is unkind. This is rude. And my God is a God who will take care of it all. Romans 12, right, says, leave room for the wrath of God. Many of us try to play God and fix it ourselves. And God will Make it right. He will. He will absolutely make it right. Listen to this. Lisa, Lisa Turkhurst, uh, who's a Christian writer, she writes some great stuff. I found this quote from her. It says this. Don't let people's compliments go to your head. And don't let their criticism go to your heart. The degree to which you do either of these things is the degree to which you'll be ruled by what other people think of you. The heart balance of us being able to say, I am going to receive criticism. I am going to feel offended. People are going to verbally assault me. How about we make up our mind today how we're going to respond? How about instead of in the moment emotionally, how about we make up our mind today? How about we start your day that way? Here's, here's a great way to start your day. When you, when you get up in the morning and you pray, hey God, Thank you for the day. You're awesome. I'm looking forward to what's going on today. And God, right now, whoever's going to be a jerk today, I forgive them right now. Like, why not set your mind to the place where you go, I know people, somebody's going to cut you on the way here. Somebody cut me off this morning. And I laughed my head off, like out loud in my truck. And I was riding in the left lane trying to go around somebody and this person cut me off then stayed in the left lane and I have a feeling they were doing what some of us like to do I'm going to be that person's Holy Spirit today I'm going to slow down to about 30 and teach them some patience don't act like you've never done that holier than thou and the reality being listen criticism's coming Conflict is coming, right? Like, this is just a reality of life. So instead of us trying to avoid it or pretend like it's not there, how about we start to ask God to help us? God, help me to know how to respond to criticism in a healthy way. Help me to grow up a little bit. God, help me to stop being so insecure. Come on, it is our insecurities that make us respond and build walls and we don't let people get too close or we blow up when people get too close or say this or that kind of stuff. That, that's not who God's called you to be. Come on, God's called you to be an ambassador of his, right? An ambassador of love, an ambassador of care, of kindness, gentleness, love, joy, peace, patience. What are those things? Fruits of the spirit. 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These are fruits of the Spirit. When we have the Holy Spirit, when we are in tune, when we are communing with God, these are the things that come out of us naturally. That is the fruit. So if I'm struggling in those areas, I've got to say to myself, I'm not connected to the vine because I'm not producing that fruit. Right? Man, if we would learn to to deal with it differently. Third and final prayer. I'm going to have you pray when we're dealing with criticism. Number three. Yeah, I'm going to make it personal. God help me overcome my own critical nature. God help me to overcome my own critical nature. Look at James 5 and 9. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Every time we grumble against somebody, listen to me, I want you to have this picture because I'm just reading what God's word says. Every time you're sitting at work and you're like, the boss dummy doesn't even know how to run a budget. Guess who's standing at the door? God. Just like he was standing there waiting to talk to Miriam and Aaron. Right? Every time we're overly critical of our spouse or overly critical of our kids or overly critical of our community. Come on, somebody. Sleesburg. Useless. And when we say these words, these are critical words. Listen to me. The reason things are bad is because people, we have made them bad. The reason go, things go good is because we, the people, make it different. Right? It takes somebody. It takes one. It takes a church, a group of people that go, you know what? I'm going to start dealing with the, the whirling insults of this world in a different way. And God, I need you to check right here first. Pastor Greg Rochelle says it this way. We often feel offended when others shoot at us, but we feel justified when we shoot at others. Right? How quickly we can give it out and how quick we are to be offended when somebody might say anything to us. Listen to this, Proverbs 12 and 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring what? Healing. That's the goal. The goal is that we would bring healing to our situations. Pastor Mike, that sounds all good for a Sunday morning and you got Marcus playing and it's all nice and emotional right now, but you don't know that butthead that works next to me. You don't know what I'm dealing with at home. You don't know what I'm dealing with at school or you don't know this or that or, you know, your situation is probably perfect. Like you're a pastor. Y'all live in this like perfect little world. You should come to my house. Every once in a while, I I love my kids, but every once in a while when I'm filling out a form and it says emergency contact, I just want to write in, do not resuscitate. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's just real, y'all. Go ahead, write me an email and criticize me. We're talking about you today. All right, anyway. Listen, that we would learn to deal with it all differently that I would learn to deal with my kids differently in the way that I respond 
right? To their disobedience or their disrespect that I, that I would learn to, and, and, and you go, but I, you don't know my situation. I don't have to know your situation because I know the God who is above your situation. He is way bigger than your situation. He wants to empower you to be his ambassador to love. He wants to empower you to do something bigger and greater. I found this and I got to read you this amazing. Abraham Lincoln. It's a story out of one of the books that, that is about Abraham Lincoln. It says this. I'll read it to you. One day, Abraham Lincoln's secretary of war, Edwin Stanton, came to him with a wrathful letter written to a major general who had accused him of favoritism. Stanton read Lincoln the letter, which was full of sharp retorts, and the president told him it was a good letter and that the general deserved it. While Stanton, much gratified, was folding up the letter and putting it in the envelope, the president asked him, what are you going to do with it now? Why, send it, of course, replied Stanton, looking blank. Don't do it, said Lincoln. But you said it was just and it was what he deserved, said the secretary. Yes, I believe he does deserve it. But you don't want to send such a letter as that. Put it in the stove. They had wood-burning stoves back then. In other words, set it on fire. Listen to this. Put it in the stove. That's the way I do when I have written a letter while I am mad. It is a good letter, and you have had a good time writing it, and you feel better, don't you? It has done you good and answered its purpose. Now burn it. That's that's the calling of Jesus Christ on each one of our lives, right? You're going to get mad. People are going to make make you mad deal with it, right? Go in your room, kick the cat or whatever you have to do. Calm down, people. All you critical cat lovers. No. Right? Listen, listen, deal with, deal with whatever you do, whatever you have to do, and it's okay to get mad, but then bring it back to that place where I got mad, I dealt with it, now I have to move on. This is, this is, this is a call that I think that, that God needs his church to stand up. In a culture that is so offended all the time by everything. Right? That we might grow up a little bit. And have a little bit thicker skin. And say, okay, somebody's going to come at me like a jerk. But you know, I can take a little piece of that and I can grow from it a little bit. Or you know what? Somebody peed in their Wheaties. It's all good. I'm going to let it go and not even listen to a word they said. Or that I'm going to look in the mirror in the morning and say, God, please help me not to be that critical person today. Empower me by your Holy Spirit to love, to guard people, to cherish people. So so let me ask you, what's your response to what the Holy Spirit has said today? Do you need to consider the criticism that you have received? I thought of it this way. Most people in life are probably trying to help. They just stink at it. Right? Come on, parents. We're trying to help our kid. And we want to walk in there and give them this wonderful, godly moment. And we walk in and go, And then we walk out of the room and go, Oops. Well, most people are probably trying to help you. They just stink at it. They got their own hurts and their own struggle. And we need to be mature enough. Those of us who walk with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us with the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ living inside of us, 
that we would take that power and put it into loving someone else who is being a jerk and who's coming at us with some crazy stuff. Maybe you need to dismiss the criticism you have received. For some of you, it's a governor on your life. Some of you have run around the same mountain over and over and over again, and it's because there's this criticism that's stuck in your head about who you aren't and what you can't, right? When I believe the Word of God says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? That you would pull away criticism and understand they're just words. I'm going to deal something in-house, and some of y'all are going to like get big-eyed just a minute. But whoever keeps writing on the critical things on the connection card, I want you to know I shred them every week and nobody knows about them. Because you don't put your name on it. That's cowardly. Listen to me, church. At what point do we grow up and go walk face to face with our brothers and sisters and deal with the stuff we need to deal with? Are you you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm really not in that moment. But I want you to hear a reality that we need to deal with this stuff. We, we, we got to stop hiding and pretending. You got conflicts you have not dealt with. Come on. And you need to make a phone call this afternoon. Or you need better yet, you need to set up a face-to-face meeting. Because keyboard courage is stupid. You need to stop posting all the goober stuff on Facebook. Listen to me. Stop posting negative political stuff and start posting positive political stuff. Let us know what you like about your candidate and stop talking about the other ones. It's just critical. It doesn't come off well. It's not who Jesus has called us to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fight for what you believe in, but fight in a healthy way. Does that that make sense to anybody? Like that we would love. Come on, somebody. I believe The greatest of all, it says, is love, right? And yet our our culture is so crazy. Republican, Democrat, Fox, CNN. We're ambassadors of Christ. And when the insults come, we don't retaliate. We show love. So Jesus has called us to be. Maybe you need to consider how to address those you feel are critical towards you and how to do that in a healthy way. Or maybe today you just need to let it go. Just do the Elsa thing and let it go. Right? I don't know if I can do that. Of course you can't, but Jesus can help you do that. That's the great thing about our God. You don't have to do it. Like that's, that's where we get Christianity all jacked up. We think that it's about us doing all these things when God says, no, just come to me and I'll fix it. You just draw into me. I read this morning, I told the team and then I promise I'll hush. I'm just Holy Spirit fired up right now. So forgive me. Listen, so, so listen, listen. So this morning I was reading and God just jumped all over me. There's this verse in Mark's in Mark, I think it's chapter six. And it said this, it said Jesus was going all around the countryside, going town to town to town. And everywhere he went, they would bring the sick into the marketplace because they knew he was coming. And they would crawl to just try to touch the hem of his garment. And everyone who touched the hem of his garment was healed. And I said to our team this morning, you guys know what you're doing? You're just presenting the garment. 
And we're going to have some people this morning who are going to reach out and touch the garment and find some healing in their life. Reach out and touch Jesus because there's nothing you can do to make him love you more or less. It's just the reality that you would surrender your life and come to him and say, God, I don't have a clue what I'm doing here. I need you. I need you, God, to put purpose in my life and give me reason to what I'm doing and an understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah? So I asked Tara and, and these guys to come back up, Marcus and Damien, because I'd like us to sing those words again, just, just for a moment. As we're singing, prayer team, you guys can come on forward, but would you stand for a second and, and, and let's sing these words about breaking chains. somebody today to either release criticism in your life or to let go of that offense that you just hadn't been able to let go of for years maybe you need to come with your spouse and pray together and say help us God to love each other better and get off this critical pattern that we're on with each other or maybe today you have never accepted Jesus as your savior and you've heard something that was totally different from church or whatever you've heard before and you go you know I I want to accept Jesus I, I, I want to live for God I want to have him in my life today So would you respond to God today as they continue to sing and come and find somebody to pray with as you go out today. Put your giving in the box in the back. That's that's one way we respond. But then also I want you to think this week. I want you to start to use these prayers this week. Right? God, help me to not respond to this criticism. Help help me to dismiss. Help me to deal with my own critical nature. Can we respond to God today? Does that make sense, church? Right, let me pray for you one more time. When I say amen, I'm going to let you move either this way to pray with someone or to go be who God has called you to be. Father God, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your presence in this place. Now give us courage to reach out and grab the edge of the garment and respond to what you have told us to do today. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Would you respond to God today and have a great, great week.